Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. You see, on that cross, he was perfect. But when he was on that cross, your sin, my sin, was put upon him. He became sin who knew no sin, that you and I, through faith, could go to heaven. Because we could never climb the ladder of good works. People have been trying to work their way into heaven almost since the beginning of time by making up and following rules, sacrifices of all kinds, including human. They hope to pay a big enough price to get God's attention and let them in. But as Pastor Mark will be teaching today, even following God's rules isn't enough to get anyone into heaven. You'll hear about God's reasons for making these impossible rules. You'll find out about the solution that God offers mankind and what must be done to receive that remedy. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of Exodus chapter 20 as he begins his message, Obeying God's Commandments. Second book, start from the left, move in, Exodus, and as you move there, just go, if you will, to Exodus chapter 20. These safety cones that I have here on the stage, they're God's 10 guardrails for living. In other words, how to do life right. These commandments and moral principles, well, they were given to bring us freedom, So as we obey God's commandments, good things happen to us. Obedience always brings blessing. Disobedience, disaster. Now, after God gave the Ten Commandments, He continued with some words to the children of Israel. Remember, there's two million of them. Take a look, Exodus chapter 20, verse 22. Then the Lord said to Moses, Now tell the Israelites this. You have seen for yourselves that I have spoken to you from heaven. Do not make any gods to be alongside me. Do not make for yourselves gods of silver or gods of gold. Make an altar of earth for me. Notice the word altar. And sacrifice on it your burnt offerings and your fellowship offerings, your sheep, your goats, your cattle. And wherever I cause my name to be honored, I will come to you and I will bless you. Now, this is interesting. God gives the Ten Commandments. And the next thing he does, he instructs the people to make an altar. 
An altar in the Old Testament was done for two things. One, to worship, but the other to bring a sacrifice of an animal and to offer it in exchange for your sins. Now, why would God do this? Why would God give the Ten Commandments? And the very next thing he says, oh, by the way, you're going to need you're going to need an altar. So here's how to build these altars. Didn't God expect the children of Israel to keep the commandments he just gave them perfectly? Well, skip over two more chapters, Exodus 24. I'll answer the question for you. In between chapters 20, where we were in chapter 24, God expands on the Ten Commandments with more instructions, just filling in the gaps. And it's called, all of that is called the covenant. Look at verse 3. Now, when Moses went and told the people all the Lord's words and laws, notice how they respond. With one voice, they say this. Everything the Lord has said, we will do. So the people go, okay, we get it. We'll obey all of these Ten Commandments. No problem, God. Look down to verse 7. Moses was questioning that. So he he took the book of the covenant and he actually read between these verses everything to these people. He took the book of the covenant, he read it to the people. Notice how they respond when it's being finished. Well, the very same thing. We will do everything the Lord has said. We will obey. So twice the Israelites agree to keep the law and the covenants, but God knew they would never do it. They would be powerless to do it. They had great intentions, but they couldn't keep these Ten Commandments. And the reason was there was a standard that they didn't know as yet, but would shortly come. And so God would give them a place to Well, ask forgiveness for breaking those commandments. Well, what was the standard that God was going to point to? I mean, how good did you really have to be with the Ten Commandments? Now turn to the first book of the New Testament, Matthew. First one. About two-thirds way your Bible, you'll find the New Testament begins. And go to chapter 5, verse 48. And here we see this standard that God expects from every Christ follower. Matthew 5, verse 48. Notice what he says. Jesus is speaking. Here's the challenge to you and me. Be perfect. Therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Well, what's the standard? God says to be right with him. A person needs to be perfect. You have to keep, I have to keep the Ten Commandments a hundred percent of the time. Now you just begin thinking about that and you can see that's not going to fly, is it? Even as you and I look at these Ten Commandments. Uh Uh-huh, perfect? Now, outside of this room, and maybe some of you here on our campuses... You don't really know how this getting to heaven thing works. How God's forgiveness works. Well, so many people believe if you say to them, 
Well, how are you going to go to heaven? Well, I keep the Ten Commandments. Really? Have you ever broken it? No, I've kept them all perfectly all my life. Maybe you're here and you're saying that. You just broke one. You remember called lie to me? You just did it. Nobody keeps it all perfectly. But what we say then is, well, why are you going to go to heaven? Well, because I'm, I'm good enough. I'm pretty good. And we're going to look at this ladder. This is the ladder of good works. You see, outside this room, people say this. How are you going to get to heaven? I'm good. I do lots of really good things. Well, how good are you? And they imagine ladders to the right and left of them, other people. I'm higher than him. I'm definitely higher than her. If God's going to take anyone, it's me. See, this is a ladder of good works. In other words, if we work hard enough, if we're good enough, we can work our way to heaven. Now, the world thinks that's true. That's the worst possible mistake you can ever make. There's an agency called the Atheist Organization, and they're running these bus ads all over the world. These are actual bus ads. Maybe many of you have seen them. They put them on the side of buses. Now, my first question is, I mean, atheists don't believe in God. What do they care what we believe? But they're attacking it. Notice what this ad says. You can be good without God. It's interesting they put God in there because they don't believe there's a God. (laughs) Did you read recently the pilot that crashed in that one plane? We've got his recorder. The last words were, oh my God. Was that a prayer? Was that a swear word? Was that an atheist going, oh, it's over. Can I be good enough? Can I climb this baby and go right to the top and get heaven? Well, what's the standard? Perfection. There's an interesting verse to these atheists. In Psalm 14:3 says this, All have turned away, all have become corrupt. No one does good, not a single one. So what it says to me is, even if I keep... of the commandments. I'm not going to the top step because I might go to heaven early. So just relax. (laughs) Even if I keep 90%, is that good enough? Hello? But outside this room, nobody understands that. So Jesus says the standard is perfection. And James, his brother, in this verse explains how that works. Look at it, James 2.10. For the person who keeps all the laws except for one is as guilty as a person who has broken all God's laws. So what does that say to me? If my whole life I only break one commandment, which give me a break. God says, you're not perfect. You can't get to heaven by being perfect. You're not good enough. So none of us is good enough. Now, turn with me about four or five more books. Romans, Romans to the right, Romans chapter 3. Let's see how Paul puts it. And it puts us in the same category. And we're going to see why the law came. Why these commandments. Romans 3, verse 23. Paul says this. 
for all have sinned. In other words, they, they haven't kept the commandments of God perfectly. And I love this word. And they fall short of the glory of God. No matter how good I am. No matter how good I am. I, I can't ever reach heaven. Because I fall what? Short. Well, why do I fall short? Because God's holy. And he can't accept anybody into heaven. That's 99.99999999 perfect. He can't because he's perfectly holy. So why was the law given? Here's why it wasn't given. Very important you understand. All these commandments we're talking about. Notice, write this down. First thing to write down. The law of God was never given to save us. So God didn't give us all these commandments. And he says, okay, now let's see how good you do. If you keep them, you got it. You're going to heaven. No, he didn't do that. He gave them as the guardrails for life. You can never earn your way to heaven. Now, look at verse 20. You're right there in the right chapter. Romans 3, verse 20. Therefore, no one will be declared righteous in his sight by observing the law. That simply means I can never be right by keeping the law. God won't ever say I'm perfect. I'm right. I can come to heaven. Rather... Here's why the law was given. Rather, through the law, we became conscious of sin. In other words, the law was given. We'll start with the Ten Commandments. They were given to show mankind that I'm sinful. I'm hopeless. I couldn't save myself. Remember, we talked about coveting. All of us guilty of coveting. I break it. You break it. And so God didn't give us this law to get us to heaven. He gave us this law to show us we would never be good enough to go to heaven. Well, then, Pastor Mark, if he gave us that, if I can't work my way up to heaven, are we all hopeless? When we die, are we all going to hell? Is God ever going to provide anything for us to get to heaven, to be good enough to be with him? Yes. In the Old Testament... We had altars. In the Old Testament, altars were given for two main reasons. One, to worship. But as I said, the second way an altar would come was it provided covering, temporary covering for my sins. The life is in the blood. So in the Old Testament, if, if we were back 3,000 years ago and you sin you would bring a sin offering, a burnt offering to God. The priest would put it there, the animal, and shed the blood. Without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. And that altar would be right there, that little animal. You put your sin on that animal, and that animal died. Oh, did that remind you and your whole family that the wages of sin is death? And then as that sacrifice was accepted by God, I was right with God temporarily. It was also a pointing to the future. It was a pointing to Jesus Christ, who would be the Lamb of God that would take the sin of the whole world away in one sacrifice. So, as we look at that, the second thing you want to write then, if the law was never given to save us, why did the law come? The law was given, number one, to show us our sin... Our need for a savior. I can never be good enough. I can never climb this and be good enough. Religious, 
and part of a church, family member. I mean, I've got you all beat. My dad was a pastor. My grandpa was a pastor. I've been in church all my life since day one. I got you all beat. If that worked, I'd be in heaven right now. But that doesn't work. Your dad wasn't a pastor. Your grandpa didn't even know God. Can you go to heaven? Same way I go to heaven. I can't earn it. It has to be a gift. And that gift would come from that Savior. Now, go back to verse 21. You're right there, Romans 3. Verse 21. I'm going to read the first verse, whatever translation you have. I'm going to read it in the New Living Translation. Listen to this. But now God has shown us a way to be made right with him. So God is saying, you're not hopeless. Here's a way to be right. Without keeping the requirements of the law, as was promised in the writings of Moses and the prophets long ago. Well, how can I go to heaven? Here we go. Verse 22. This righteousness from God, being right with God, comes through faith or belief. Notice, in a person. And Jesus Christ... To all who believe. Now, there is no difference, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But all can be justified freely, made right with God. How? Because I earned it? No, by His grace. I didn't deserve it. Through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. So, Even in the Old Testament, Jesus was promised, as those sacrifices were made, it was a look forward to the New Testament. It was a look forward to Jesus who would come, and he would live as a fully God and fully man. Now, when Jesus came to this earth, he came to this earth different than any other person ever. He had an earthly mother, but his father was not a human father. His father was the Holy Spirit. You see, the sin gene was in the male. And the only person that's ever been born in this world without a human father was Jesus. So he came with no sin inherent in him. Romans 3.23 doesn't apply to him. He didn't have sin. But then he would have to live his 33 years and obey all the commandments of God perfectly. Did he? Yes, he did. So realistically, if there was anyone on earth that could walk the ladder of good works and be good enough and be perfect and go to heaven, it would have been who? Jesus. He could have just left this earth, walked up that ladder of good works, and headed right back to heaven. But he didn't do that. Before Jesus left this earth, he didn't climb the ladder of good works. He climbed a cross. And on that cross, he was crucified. He was the perfect Lamb of God who could take away the sin of the world to everyone who would believe. You see, on that cross, he was perfect. But when he was on that cross... Your sin, my sin, was put upon him. He became sin who knew no sin that you and I, through faith, could go to heaven. Because we could never climb 
the ladder of good works. So on that cross, he took your sin. The wages of sin is death. He died. On that cross, the father turned away from him. Why? Because he was no longer holy. He was separated from the father. Now notice this verse, 2 Corinthians 5.21. I just quoted it to you. Here's what it says. God made him who had no sin, Jesus, to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. In other words, Jesus became the permanent solution to man's sin problem. Now, how do I get to heaven then? I can get to heaven, I can be right with God by believing in that person of Jesus Christ that he shed his blood for me. So you want to write this because this is simply how a person goes to heaven. Belief or faith or trust in the person of Jesus brings forgiveness, which is my greatest need. It brings salvation, saved from sin, saved from death, saved from hell. And it brings me the guarantee of heaven. Well, Pastor Mark, I love that. So then what are all these commandments? What is this Bible about then? All I have to do is believe in Jesus, accept his work on the cross, and I can just simply go to heaven. That's as simple as it gets, isn't it? Well, turn with me back to the book of Matthew, where you were, first book. Jesus is going to tell us where the commandments or the Bible fits in with this walk of a Christ follower. Matthew 22, verse 36. So what does Jesus say about these commandments of God? By the way, when Jesus was here, he obeyed the commandments of God perfectly. He knew what they were. He obeyed them. Look at verse 36. Somebody came to Jesus and said this, Teacher, what's the greatest commandment of the law? And Jesus replied, notice he doesn't start ripping off the Ten Commandments, all the covenant. He says this, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. So Jesus says, you want to know how to live as a Christian after you become saved? Salvation is a gift. You know how to live? Just love God. I like that. It's pretty simple. But what does love God mean? How do I know what love God means? Well, love is very different in the Greek language than in our language. This word is the Greek word agape. And it simply means this, a selfless, other-centered love. Well, do I have that naturally? I do not. Because I think about uno, me. I don't think about you. And so, that's a love that God has to give me because I can't do that. I can't obey this simple one commandment. In his teaching today, Pastor Mark talked about how not to get outside of the guardrails of God's commands. You learned how, in the Old Testament, people could never get completely clean from their sin. They had to make blood sacrifices whenever they sinned, reminding them of the high cost of sin. You were told how these sacrifices aren't necessary anymore because of Jesus' ultimate offering. 
There's so much to learn from Pastor Mark's current series, so be sure to join us again. In the meantime, we'd like to offer you a CD copy of today's message for your own archives or for you to share with friends and family. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on Order a Message at the top of the page. There you'll be asked for the mailing information and be sure to include today's date. Each CD costs $5 to cover materials and shipping. Again, to order your CD copy, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Next time, Pastor Mark will be continuing his teaching, Obeying God's Commandments. You'll find out where the Bible says that there's absolutely no way for you to earn your way to heaven. You'll be told why being as good a person as you possibly can will always leave you short of that heavenly goal. And you'll learn about the solution that only God could provide. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Mark continues teaching through this series called 10 Living Words. That's next time on Lessons for Living. in a hurry.